joining us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. He is the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Gary Anderson. Kind enough to join us. Coach, how are you? Hey, Coach. I'm doing great. Christmas music. Come on now. It, it, anytime oh, you want on. Christmas music. Anytime you want Christmas music. As soon as it comes on on XM Radio, I'm on it. Channel 66, whatever it is, I'm on it. <laughs> no, like 66 it. is actually the Comcast, the, the Comcast. They're showing Christmas movies all day long now on Channel 66. So. I would have never guessed that coming from Coach Anderson. Oh, I, I love I know. it. Yeah. What's your favorite Christmas show? Uh, well, it's got to be a Christmas story. You know? No, no. Christmas Vacation? Elf, hands down. Uh, Oh, I'll, I'll watch it. I would have never guessed that. Minimum, minimum, watch it ten times during the holidays. In fact, I'll probably watch it tonight. Now that you guys just got me all juiced up a little bit, <laughs> I would have never guessed it, man. You're an angry little elf, aren't you? <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> I would have gone ribbon curls. <laughs> okay, so what would be number two for you, Coach? Uh, Christmas movies, probably Vacation. Yeah, okay. yeah. Or the Grinch. Nah, the the Grinch. The, the couple Grinches, but the Grinch is good too. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. Coach, huge win against Wyoming. Uh, and by the way, uh, Eric Munoz, uh, defensive uh, co-defensive player of the week. And I love the announcement yesterday, you being able to uh, offer that young man a scholarship and get the rest of his education paid for. Just how much fun are those moments for you as a head coach? That's, that's amazing. Uh, just to sit and watch him and the kids and you know everybody that's involved. And it's, it's gotten over the years. It's gotten harder to trick them, right? And to at least get yeah. into that environment where they don't they don't uh, kind of sneak you out. And they know what's coming their way a little bit. So from the from the kid and from the whole team. So we were able to get it done pretty good yesterday, and with some GoPros and some things hitting in the room. That those video guys did a great job. But it's 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 unbelievable to see the kids in those settings, in those situations, and. You know, you you can never have too many of those moments and those, especially the way the team reacts. You know, you look at that team and how they react. I mean, you can't make that up. That that that's real. Those are real feelings. Those are real scenarios and situations, and uh, just a lot of emotion coming out of those kids. And well deserved for Eric. He's a great kid. He's a great student. He's a great teammate. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be very successful in life whatever he wants to do with that exercise science degree and you know I think right now he may want to become a strength coach or something like that from what I've heard and um, and he'll be great at it but uh, it's the fact that we can you know, allow his education to be paid for for the rest of his time at Utah State is, is, is amazing and nobody's more grateful than him and I'm sure his family is extremely grateful also. For those Utah State fans that didn't have an opportunity to see this, maybe they didn't see the highlights, they didn't get to see the full extent of the game. Eric Munoz had two interceptions, one for a 56-yard return touchdown. He had 13 tackles, led the team, in fact, led the game with both teams in tackles, 13 tackles. He had a couple of quarterback hurries. He had a tackle for a loss. Talk about the things that just clicked for him coach you don't just come out on a field and have a game like that out of the blue what what clicked for him well, if we could have gone 57 or 58 yards on the interception return, we all could have breathed a little bit easier, I think, <laughs> at the end of the game, first of all. So, um, no, he, he uh, you know, I don't know what the, it, his, he's always been such a grinder, such a worker, and I just, I guess when I've been asked that question a couple times when I go back, I just think his, you know, it just, sometimes it just, it kind of comes together, and it comes together with opportunity, too, right? When he was given the opportunity to be on the field and be in that situation and be in that setting, uh, um, he he was prepared for that moment, and you know I think he really dove into his book the last four or five weeks and really understood that hey I I you know I I, I need to make my 
my reps count, not count my reps, and when I'm not in there, be in the moment. And he's he's very smart that way. Um, and so I don't have the the magic potion that all of a sudden put him in a position to have a game like that. I just know it was a young man that was prepared and worked very hard. And the credit goes to him and his teammates and Justin Enna, his position coach and his D coordinator, for getting him in that position to to be ready to roll. But uh, you know, most importantly, it goes to Eric for hanging in there and fighting. And you know, it's like I told him. I said I was. I was a walk-on once. I get it. I get it how hard it is. I get it how hard it is to bust into those reps and all of a sudden get that opportunity. And when it's presented to you, you take advantage of those opportunities. And I remember my first start at Montana Tech as a walk-on center and my opportunity to get a scholarship came my way after a couple of weeks after that game. And um, it's it's awesome when that takes place for Eric and everyone that's around him. And it's just because he has so much support from his, from his team, too, it's fun to watch it. But uh, I'm glad it happened. And... Um, you know, with the trance, with obviously losing Woody, then we had to have somebody step up in that position and grow into that position. And Eric has proven to be that guy to this point. Gary Anderson, head coach at uh, Utah State, kind enough to join us. You talk about flipping a switch. Uh, Jordan Love, a uh, first quarter where he essentially, and I'm including the first play of the second quarter, two interceptions, one a pick six. Uh, I think he's got like 35 yards. And then at halftime, he's got 280 yards, and the ball hardly ever touches the field after that. What was it that, that flipped for him in the second quarter? Because he was lights out in that second frame. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, at and again, I can't sit back and say just me observing and watching and going through and seeing it. There, there was some a few different coverages. You know, uh, Wyoming came in and played some more two high safety looks to us a little bit. Showed us a few different little looks that were there. It's a great play on the screen. That's a great play. I mean, you yeah. try to throw the ball over the top of them and it doesn't work out. That's the, to me, that's a you know, hats off to a, a great play by a defensive player. And do we want it to happen? And no, we don't. But that's a tremendous play by that young man. And um, you know, I thought that uh, Jordan, again, he just stuck with it. and He just ground through the plan, and he was understanding a little bit what was going on. And Coach Sanford, I believe, helped him get into those spots and see a little bit of too high stuff. And he had some uh, – that, that ball he threw to CLC, I mean, there, I don't – that's, that's uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a big time – I can't say it. I can just say that's an NFL quarterback or that's a first-round draft pick, but there's not many guys in the world can throw that ball that way. Um, and then the one that got called back um, – to DT, I mean, those two throws are two of the best throws I've ever seen a kid make sitting there watching as a coach on the field, regardless of what sideline I was on. And um, So he bounced back and did some great things, and that's a really good defense. And to do what we were able to do, and Jordan and his offense was able to do in the second quarter against a tremendous defense of Wyoming was very, very impressive. Um, and then from there, both, both both sides just fought like crazy to stay in there. But, uh, you know, Jordan's been like that all year long. When, when the good comes his way, he stays in the middle. When it's not so good, he stays in the middle. And that might be one of the, the, the best attributes that he has is he can pick up and just keep on fighting and battling and not, not get distracted, whether it's uh, good or bad. And um, he really gave us an opportunity to, to, to win that football game. And is there things we can work on? Yes, we've trust me. We'll be out there today at 145 in meetings, and we'll take the field at 320, and we're going to work on those things really hard to get better. But uh, it was enough to win on that day. Coach, how excited is the staff and the team that all the goals are intact and right there in front of you? What's the, the, the feeling like in meeting rooms and getting ready for the week of preparation on a big game? 
You know, had you know this, I mean, to get this late in the year and still have your goals out in front of you is special. And it doesn't yeah. happen every year. And so it's something that the kids need to be excited about. And they need to have a smile on their face. And when they say we're bowl eligible, they need to have a big, giant smile on their face because it does matter. It means a lot. It means a lot to uh, them personally and something they'll remember forever. It means a lot to a football team, uh, to the strength program, to the more practices that we get, all those things. It's such a valuable thing to get to number six. Is that the end result? No. But now we sit and we have an opportunity to face, uh, you know, it's a, it's a third elimination game for these kids. And the first elimination game, they pass the test. The second one, they pass the test. Here we go on the third one, and we'll see if we can pass this test. And then if we get that, then we're going to have a fourth one to pass the test. And, um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's fun to be in this spot. It should, a competitor right now is excited and understanding the longer it goes, the better the competition gets. And that's exactly what we're facing here. We're facing the cream of the crop in the Mountain West for a number of years in Boise. And, um, do they win it every year? No, but they're right there every single year, and so they are the top. You know, they're the they're the they're they're on the top of the top of the hill, if you will. And uh, until somebody can knock them off that hill consistently or take them down a notch, we can't run away from saying that. And so we get an opportunity to play the best, and we're excited about that opportunity to compete and um, you know see how we stack up as as we continue to grow. But to be in this spot, you know, it's uh, we walk out on that practice field excited for the opportunity. Boise State has uh, circled in some quarterback play. Jalen Henderson got the start last week against New Mexico. Um, So they've been uh, kind of across the board as they've been trying to put guys into that system. What do you see when you look at that team on offense? Well, it's funny. Jalen and Eric were kind of the same, right? Uh, they, yeah. they they came in and both first start, both Mountain West Conference players of the week. So um, he was ready. He is ready for that moment, and he's waited a long time for that moment, being uh, in that program for a long time at Boise State. But what I see is I see the, uh, the start on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the, whatever quarterback is going to play very well within the system, which is a you know credit to the young man and a credit to the coaches for having three guys that can come in there, and credit to the recruiting department for recruiting really good guys um and offensive line physical tough-minded tight ends are very good know a couple of those guys were recruited very hard um other places that we've been and uh tough-minded they want to pound the rock play action pass boots move the pockets um open it up and you know so it's a big it's a big library when it comes to the offensive playbook as far as when you're preparing for it uh, but they do a nice job of executing it and they're smart you know if they they get you tired they'll play with pace if they need to huddle up and you know they need to grind the clock out they're going to huddle up and grind the clock out so I, I love the way that they you know consistently played offense for years and that's the way they've done it it's a it's a very good offense with good players defensively um you know some tremendous players a change in scheme from a year ago uh you know their defensive coordinator from a year ago went to oregon and so it's a little bit of a flip in scheme not drastic but uh, everybody has their own touch uh, but they have some very very talented players um you know they'll they'll get aggressive when they when they need to get aggressive and want to get aggressive. But again, good players are coached very well, and uh, you know they play the way they play, and their numbers are because they have number one good players, and their coaches put them in a good position, and then they're very solid on special teams. Um, you know, it's just it, Boise's a, a solid program. They they do a nice job over the years of recruiting to what they want their personnel, and uh, the expectations for them is, is is high, and you know they answer the bell. You know, uh, and obviously, as you would expect, uh, you don't have to do injury reports in in college. And until you do, you keep things close to the vest. But you look at uh, Brian Harson, uh, you got, got Bachmeyer and Cord that are still hanging out there. And then, of course, Jalen, as you mentioned, uh, playing well last week. So do you, uh, in your preparation, do you just kind of prepare for any one of these guys could be out there? 
Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not drastically different. There, there's a little bit of, you know, one guy you may look back and say, well, he throws this type of ball better. Or he throws the, the deep out better or the fade ball or the intermediate routes. This guy runs a little better. This guy likes to get out of the pocket and throw the right a little bit better. But I don't sit there and say, oh, my goodness, this whole scheme changes because this quarterback's yeah. in the game. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, what we're going to do, and it's, it's so late into the season, there's not a lot of tricking that goes on at this point. There's tweaks, and you may add a, a pressure or a new way to run a run play or, you know, but you're not going to all of a sudden come out and, you know, protect the quarterback completely different or have a completely different offense or defense. So um, regardless of who's playing, you're going to stay within your core for the most part uh, at this time of the season, and um, that's what we're expecting. It was nice to go back and look a little bit of film and see Tipanali causing problems in the backfield again. How can you use him against Boise State, really max him out, Coach, and, and get pressures from him? Yeah, you know, we were able to get him a little bit more on the, the open side end when people are playing with bigger personnel groupings. And Wyoming played with, um, you know, 11 personnel with the one tight end, one back, but they get into some, well, one time they had seven or eight offensive linemen on the field at a time. So yeah. they, they gave us a lot of personnel packages where we could get Tipa a little bit on an open side um, as much as we can. Boise, will, you know, we'll, we'll get some of that done with him and, and move around. Um, there's ways that uh, Boise does a good job of not allowing that to happen at times. Um, but that's the key with Tipa is, is get him opened up and let him run, right? And again, uh, let him focus in on what you know he really does well. And when his pass rush situation shows for him, he did a great job in this last game of affecting um, the quarterback and had a huge sack that would have potentially led to a field goal opportunity for Wyoming. But uh, the sack took him right out of field goal position. That was a huge play in that game. And so you know, free him up and let him run is the goal, and let the other guys kind of protect him and you know design a few opportunities for him um, on paper that look good against protections and what uh, Boise does we'll see you know how that uh, how it works out on game day but you want to try to free him as much as you can people are definitely have their eye on him though they know where Tipa is <laughs> Gary Anderson right here on 97.5 1280 the zone uh, I know he's a little banged up too but uh, where does I mean Curtis Weaver is a dominating player uh, where does he rank in some of the some of the great defensive linemen you've seen because I think he's right up there yeah, he, he's a really good player, and I, I look at those those kids on the defensive line as a whole, and I don't know all their names. I believe 55 is Moa, 93. I don't know his name, but I sure I sure wish I would have known in recruiting and had a chance to recruit that kid at some point. Probably wouldn't have, maybe not have got him, but might have. He's a great player. Um, so the defensive line as a whole is very good. The Weaver kid is uh, he's special. Um, he just he has such a knack for naturally rushing the passer, um, and it's just time and time and time I've watched every game and. You know, every game it doesn't matter who the tackle is. It's he's he's able to to get to that edge, and he's just got that natural bend and the ability to the God-given ability to be able to bend around the corner and get to the quarterback. And then he has a great physical pass rush to him, also. So I I think he's a next level guy. I think he'll be a great player, uh, personally, in my opinion, as he moves through his career and has an opportunity to go to the NFL. He'll be a a very very good pass rusher just because of his natural ability. And um, but he's you know he's not afraid to get in there and play in a in a four-eye inside a tackle shoulder and, and get in that fight and bang around and play in a phone booth, and then he's not excited. He's not a, not afraid at all to hop outside on the edges, and those tackles uh, have definitely got their hands full when they have to deal with him coming off the edge of the pass rusher. So he's one of the elite defenders in our league, no doubt. I know it's a late game up there, but uh, that place needs to be rocking because I don't know if we've had a game of this magnitude in uh, at Utah State in quite a while. It's a big game, you know. It's a big game at home, and uh, you know, so it's an opportunity for our kids to be able to uh, keep their their goals, you know, in sight. And 
Um, so we hope everybody can come out and cheer them like crazy. And you know, our fans are, are awesome. It's it's a very very difficult place to play, and uh, we're looking forward to you know putting on as good a show as we possibly can against a quality opponent. Uh, it's the last time these kids are going to be in the stadium. We know that for sure. So that comes with some emotion and some excitement with as close as this team has been, and they know they got three hours of some change left in that in that. Uh, uh, opportunity to play there and um, I guess you could flip it around and get the championship game here if that comes their way but I want their mindset yeah. to be on one game one focus one moment right now and see where it goes and hey if that comes to another one then that's a bonus rep and we'll take that one baby Coach appreciate it as always looking forward to catching up with you again later in the week Okay guys appreciate y'all have a great week go Aggies